This is Chris. This is Jorge. And we're Buds Buds of Faith. Faith. Alright everyone, welcome to Bunch of Trades. How's it going, Chris? Fantastic. I'm feeling pretty good today. I'm Excellent. Excellent. I'm I'm good. I'm happy. Yeah. And we're a week away from Thanksgiving. Uh, lots mm. of lots of fun stuff coming up. And I'm like good. Food? Like a lot of food. <laughs> a lot of food, a lot of dessert, my favorite. Mm. So let's do this. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um and we're excited to talk about Thanksgiving today because Obviously, it's a big deal for us, especially as Americans. We come, uh, we gather with our family and our friends. Um, we celebrate all of our blessings. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I love to eat. So I am very excited just about having a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm excited to eat lots of good foods. Uh, if, if you guys don't know, I am from Kentucky. So I'm going to be missing my southern foods. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be spending Thanksgiving here in Miami. So I'm going to be making my favorite food, which is corn pudding. Yum. It is absolutely delicious. Uh, if you don't know what it is, check it out. But uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. What I about lo- you? Jorge? I love that you opened this by saying, especially for Americans. Uh, <laughs> well, and and <laughs> I say that because we last Thanksgiving or two Thanksgivings ago, I was in Italy mm. with a couple with my wife and a couple friends. And and the temptation was to look around on Thanksgiving Day like, why is no one else celebrating Thanksgiving? Everyone's just out for their regular meal. And, you know, obviously Thanksgiving is an American holiday. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's really only for Americans that, you know, when it comes to Thanksgiving and celebrating Thanksgiving, if you're not American... You don't really care about Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> but we are American, and we are excited and about And we are very excited. <laughs> and I, I would say my favorite Thanksgiving food, uh, well, you know, I'm a sweet tooth, so I have mm. to go with dessert. And Not re- vegetables? Not vegetables, no. <laughs> I'm allergic to those. Not really, but I should be. Uh, but I love cheesecake, and, mm. and I usually make a cheesecake every year for either Thanksgiving or Christmas or, or both if I'm Why feeling really inspired. So so I'm going to go with dessert, just about any mm. fall-flavored, themed, inspired dessert is, is good in my book. I'm a fan of desserts as well. As long as it's got cinnamon in it, I'm there good. Go. I'll take it. Well, speaking of all of this delicious food and celebration, you know, I was thinking about it and I was like, wouldn't it be awesome if we could have Thanksgiving every single week? And then it came to me, we We do! (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah, so the Mass is essentially a Thanksgiving meal. It's kind of crazy how much the Mass mirrors just any, like, family gathering we have, right? Yeah, so true. You know, you think of that structure, and and we see it most clearly at Thanksgiving or or Christmas or or for the the Cuban population, the Hispanic (laughs) population, the the Noche Buena Buena, feast. Uh, But, you know, the first thing we do is we arrive. And we don't just walk straight to the table and start eating. Uh, but, you know, we greet each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we, when we arrive to Mass, you know, we process in. And the first thing that Father does uh, is lead us in the sign of the cross. And literally, that section of the Mass is called the opening rite. You know, yeah. So we, we greet each other and we start this, uh, this conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of the second part of, of our meal uh, structure. You know, again, we don't just launch right into sit at the table and, uh, and eat. We gather together in a separate room and, and we talk. We mm-hmm. catch up on you know what's happening in our lives, right. what's happening in your life. We we share stories, we share memories, 
Uh, and if you think of the liturgy of the word, that is precisely what the church is doing. It's sharing mm-hmm. its stories. It's We're going into scripture, into the Old Testament, into the New Testament. These are the stories of our history, and, and we're sharing that, and we're literally sitting there going, hey, let's catch up. What's What's been going on with you, St. Paul? Or what's yeah. been going on with you, James? Yeah, we're reliving these these moments that have shaped us and continue to shape us, right? So from there, we move to the table. You know, we, we start getting ready. The, the food, the timer's almost up. Uh, you can start smelling that turkey throughout mm-hmm. the house. Uh, so we start making preparations. You know, we finish setting the table. We make sure, you know, all the glasses have water, that all the place settings are done. We start prepping the the sides in their in their special bowls for presentation mm-hmm. uh you know transfer everything from the cooking plates to the to the plates that are going to be on the table and again parallel to the mass that's what we do right after right after the liturgy of the word as we transition to the liturgy of the eucharist we prepare the table yeah. literally you know the father or the or the deacon or the altar servers the ministers will bring out the sacred vessels and will bring out the special cloths that they use and and they set the table for what's about to happen when we share the meal, which would be the next part, you know. So we do gather at table, and we we give thanks, you know. Right. I, I I don't know of a single time we gather as a family for a meal where we don't start with prayer, whether whether it's a, a formal prayer or just a, you know a comment or, or a co- natural conversation that arises. Right. Uh, but you don't just you know grab your fork and knife and, and launch right into your food. You give thanks. And if you do, it's usually rude, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, what are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> so. You know, so you, so you wait for some kind of cue and, and right. it's typically a prayer or, or mm-hmm. just a, an acknowledgement that, uh, you know, there's people who aren't with us right now and, and we want to remember them or there's people who are in need and, and we want to remember them uh, before we do go ahead and launch into our meal. Right, which is, well, you know, paralleling this with a mass, you know, what we do when we offer the gifts um, and we celebrate the Eucharist, right? And, um, you know, we call it communion, Eucharist, all these things are great, but um, I think Eucharist right now, this time of year, is fantastic to, to focus in on because it literally means in Greek, Thanksgiving. So we literally are Mind blown. <laughs> we are literally <laughs> celebrating Thanksgiving. We are offering Thanksgiving when, when we offer the Eucharist. And then we take that, literally, that food that becomes our sustenance, which is the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, which comes present to us, then we consume that in that nourishes us both both physically and spiritually absolutely amen you know and then my favorite part you know we don't just leave when we finish eating no, uh, put my forks down okay done bye or, or like <laughs> mid-bite you know while we'll while, while we're still chewing you know just walk out the door mm. um <laughs> <laughs> uh so you know we do stick around and, and we help clean up and, and we help you know we help the host mm-hmm you know, clean up the plates and clear the table and make sure that, you know, we we get their house back to as close to normal as possible. Uh, And then even then we still don't leave. Right. Because (laughs) most typically we'll, we'll, you know, Thanksgiving, if we're big football fans, we'll we'll go and sit in front of the TV and watch a little football. Uh, With our eyes closed. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The the tryptophans, the tryptophans kick in and and we fall asleep there. Uh, but we, we move back to the common room and right. we sit together and, and we have more stories and we have more conversation. Uh, so we don't go to the meal just for food. You know, it's exactly. really for, for community, for to be family, to be together. Uh, so so the, the meal, though, it's the central part of the gathering, like physically, what, what takes up the most time. Right. Uh, it's really not what we're there for. You know, we're, it, it's, we're really there to be together. 
Mm-hmm. And, and it's that food that brings us together. To, uh, to offer that Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, when, when we are leaving, we say goodbye. Uh, we say farewell. We dismiss one another. And, and in Mass, too, you know, mm-hmm. communion ends. And sadly, a lot of people leave before before Mass is finished. Uh, but Father will will read the the prayer after communion, and, and then there's the concluding rite. Uh, and that's really a farewell. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, I'll see you next week. It's, you know, take what you've received here uh, and and use it throughout the rest of this week. Right. Because uh, this is not just a, a one-hour thing that has no meaning moving forward. It's right. it's that sustenance that is going to carry us through the next six days. And then we come back on Sunday and do it all over again. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you saw in the news recently. I mean, we could talk forever about the different parts of Mass, but... Um, Pope Francis came out during one of his uh, Wednesday audiences and said we should lift up our hearts and not our phones. Oh man, I saw this mass. in the news. <laughs> this was this was so funny, uh, and I love that he wasn't just calling out you know the tourists in the square. Right. Uh, he was. I don't know if he literally turned to the priests and bishops, uh, but I know several priest friends of mine were were kind of like, oh yeah, I'm I'm guilty of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so he's talking to me too. And, you know, a lot of the bishops, as he was saying this, they were taking taking pictures. (laughs) So they didn't even hear it because they they were trying to get that perfect shot. uh, And they weren't really present to uh, to the audience, to the catechesis, to to our good shepherd, you know, to to what he was trying to share with us. Uh, But it's beautiful. It wasn't just calling out, you know, the laity and the the visitors, but really calling all of us, calling all Catholics uh, to a greater awareness of what mass is really about. It's not. It's not a spectacle. It's not a performance. It's not a show, you know, that we need to capture a picture of. Uh, but it's really this this representation of the passion and, and the, the the death, the resurrection, the offering of Jesus Christ Himself at the Last Supper. Uh, and it's not something that we experience from the outside, you know, just watching it as if right. we're an audience, but but something that we participate in intimately, uh, as if we are seated at the table with Him. Exactly. Yeah, he, he literally says, the Mass is not a spectacle. It is going to the passion and resurrection of the Lord. And um, we haven't talked too much about my uh, Eastern tendencies, but I love Eastern Catholicism. And one of their kind of, I guess, canon law kind of things says that if the community is not present, the priest cannot offer the Eucharist. And it's not just, you know, like in, in our church, we can a priest can say Mass by himself. But if the community is not present there to offer the Eucharist, then it's just not possible. That's and so beautiful. it's just the, that mentality, you know, the Eucharist is not just something that we perform, but it is an offering of the entirety of the body of Christ, both physically present in the people and in the Eucharistic self. That's great. And I'd, I'd probably say there's a there's an asterisk on that. Yeah. When, when it means being <laughs> present doesn't mean just a warm body in the no, seats. No, 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 exactly. Uh, you know, which which we can sometimes fall into the habit of just, you know, I'm, I'm here, I, I attended, I showed up. Uh, but really being present means participating. So it's knowing the responses, it's knowing the creed. Uh, and you know, it's, it's kind of sad how many people have to pull out the book to recite the creed. Cause this is our identity. It's who we it's are. Literally and, the foundation. <laughs> so, so we shouldn't have to read the creed. It should be so ingrained in our identity as mm-hmm. we spoke about last week, uh, that we know it, that we, that we profess it, that I mean, dare I say, we'd be willing to give our lives yeah. for those words as so mm-hmm. many have done before us. Um, so, you know, there's so many different parts of the Mass that we can get into, and, and we don't want to keep you around for 45 minutes again. <laughs> At uh, least. <laughs> so I, I promised myself to I, to, to kind of keep it 
focus this week. Mm -hmm. um, so talking of that focus, we wanted to really key in on the offertory. Right. Uh, so the offertory, if you're not familiar, comes right after the right between the liturgy of the um, liturgy of the word and liturgy of the Eucharist. Um, and we kind of think of it as uh, halftime yeah. or intermission. So <laughs> when you can go to the bathroom, right? Yeah. Most typically, you know, it's, it's collection time. So, mm -hmm. so we're busy either writing our checks or um, you're reading the bulletin, you know, or, you know, taking a stretch break and, and taking a walk around the front of the church. Uh, but there's so much beauty going on in the offertory that we completely miss because we're just not paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of hard because, you know, usually the choir or the musicians are playing something and it's just kind of this convenient lull. But one thing that we want to emphasize this week is, you know, just like take a moment and really hone in on this as we, we dive deeper into it. So, like we said, this is, it's called the offertory. So this is when the gifts come in, the, they bring the, usually someone from the uh, congregation will come up and literally give the, the bread and the wine to the priest and the deacon up front at the sanctuary. And so we are offering, we're, we're gathering our gifts and bringing them up to the, the clergy who's going to offer them on our behalf and with us uh, as a sacrifice. You know, and traditionally this used to be people would bring in like farm animals and their, you know, first harvest, you know, speaking <laughs> of Thanksgiving, you know, things like that. And that's actually, side note, why the priest washes his hands after uh, offering the things is because he used to have dirty hands. <laughs> I love I love when we train the altar servers. We we kind of tell them this the history of this part of the mass. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we say why do the priest why does the priest wash his hands? You know, a lot of them as as they've studied the mass or as they've been uh, exposed to to the to the rites of the mass, they say, oh, it's so that Father can offer. You know, as Father says in the prayer, you know, cleanse me of my sins, wash me of my wash me of my iniquities, so that he can offer the sacrifice of of the mass at the altar. Uh, but it's really that historical tidbit where he literally had to wash his hands <laughs> because yeah. they were filthy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And bread and wine, these beautiful images, I don't think it's coincidental that Not we have bread all. and wine, uh, you know, obviously tied back to the last supper and the, the offering that Jesus himself made with, with bread and wine. But if you really look at those symbols and it's a story I love to tell, especially at our, our first communion retreats, um, with parents especially, because uh, this doesn't really apply so much to children, but it really, it really uh, touches adults. Um, if we think of bread and wine and, and how they're made, you know, and the beautiful prayer in the Mass is uh, fruit of the earth or fruit of the vine and work of human hands. So bread and wine don't just, you know, pop out of nowhere and don't show up. Don't just harvest up. it off the bread tree? So they, they are natural, but they're man-made products, um, and that process of making bread. So very, very briefly, and I know I'm going to skip a bunch of steps here, but for, <laughs> for the sake of time, uh, you get your, your wheat or your grains uh, and you grind them down into flour. Okay, then that flour is going to be mixed with all the water and ingredients to make dough. And then that dough, you don't just throw it in the oven. Okay, so you're going to stretch it. You're going to knead it. You're going to, you're going to get it uh, nice and mixed in together. So you're going to stretch it thin. You're going to knead it. Then you're going to form it in its in its uh, pan or, or tray or whatever shape you're going to make that bread and then you throw it in the oven so you put it in you put it under fire and you let it bake and then you're going to take that bread out when it's done and you're going to let it sit there by itself in isolation to cool down likewise for wine you're going to get grapes okay and you're going to smash those grapes you're going to take 
all the juice out of those grapes. Uh, and then you're going to let it again kind of sit there to ferment and become wine, which takes a very long time. Uh, and you're not doing anything to the wine in this process. It literally just sits there in a barrel or a container becoming wine. So as we think of our own lives, you know, especially as adults, you know, how many times do we feel you know, crushed or ground down by the obligations of our life? You know, how many times do we feel like we're being stretched completely thin like that dough? You know, how many times, you know, especially at work and, and we're meeting deadlines and, and maybe our kids have a project coming up at school and we just have all this pressure on top of us you know, and we just feel like all the life is being sucked out of us, like mm -hmm. that juice is being drained out of those grapes. Uh, or we feel like we're under that pressure of that fire in the oven. Uh, you know, and then and then lastly, you know, how many times do we feel like we're alone? Like we're just there in the corner of the room by ourselves whether we need to cool off or we need to be, you know, we need to grow and mature. Mm -hmm. you know, how many times do we just feel in complete isolation? Like no one's hearing us. No one's listening to us. No one knows us. Uh, but that's true. That's us. Yeah. So bread and wine, you know, beautiful, beautiful symbols, beautiful products, beautiful uh, literal things that Jesus himself used, but also beautiful, beautiful figurative symbols for ourselves. Right, and and I think this is such a beautiful image too, because what happens with these these gifts that we have to work so hard to present, um, they become the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, right? And then we receive that. So in a similar way, you know, with the same analogy, you know, we our lives stretch us, pull us, transform us through the power of grace, and you know, our relationship with God. Um, and the same thing happens when we receive the Eucharist is that it nourishes us, it stretches us, it pulls us, sure. and it helps us to become united with Christ, yeah. right? So it's the dual imagery going on there. Absolutely. You know, and, and when the priest, before even consecration, you know, when, when, those, when bread and wine is placed on the altar and, and the priest calls down the Holy Spirit upon those, upon those gifts, uh, you know, I just, I love as a personal prayer during that time to just put myself on that altar, you know, put That's my... Nice my own struggles, my own experiences, whatever I've been dealing with in the past week to just put it up there on the altar so that, so that the, the priest, the person of Jesus in the mass can, can call down the spirit upon that everyday, ordinary, this is George's mess and really transform that into, into something holy, into something beautiful, into something that I myself could never do with my own life, you know, except through the grace of God. Um, you know, so, so again, just the offertory, we, we skip it so often and we really don't recognize what we're doing, but it's just a great opportunity, you know, as we reflect on our own lives to, to take bread and wine and put our lives there, you know, and, and put ourselves on that altar. And as, as you mentioned, Chris, you know, to, to, to be transformed into the body and blood of Christ for one another. Yeah, so this week's challenge, I would definitely say, is to, during that Mass time, I love that beautiful personal prayer you said to put, you know, everything up on the altar with the the physical gifts, but just put, you know, all your stresses, all your struggles, all your expectations and your hopes and your failures all up on that altar because ultimately, you know, like, we still always need to be stretched sure, and needed sure. and, and, and fermented. And if I can cut you off here, and I, not just the bad stuff. No, 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 no. You know, especially, especially the good stuff, as we spoke about last week, you know, that that humility 
is being authentic means recognizing that that all the good stuff comes not from ourselves but from God himself so it's not just placing the 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 stuff we don't like you know and say you know God can you take care of that for right, me right. but but to place everything you know all the good all the bad every everything that's worried us everything that excites us and and to just join that to the gifts as we offer that up um, at the altar every Sunday totally i mean it's thanksgiving right eucharist so everything and one great resource I want to talk about as we finish up here is a talk on Formed. If you don't know what Formed is, check it out. <laughs> because you should know by now. You but, should know by now. But but we'll let it slide. <laughs> yeah, it's on our uh, parish website, cotlf.org. Um, you can go on there. You can find the, the access code and download it. Um, there's a fantastic talk that just absolutely changed my life, changed the way that I see the Eucharist. Um, and the title of the talk is called Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist. Obviously, we don't have time to go into it now, but it's an hour-long talk, great for a long car ride, commute, or just in between cleaning at your house, or maybe cooking at Thanksgiving. There you go. <laughs> but it, it will radically change your understanding of why we bother to use bread and wine, why we do anything we do in the liturgy. It makes so much sense. So check it out. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, we've got some exciting stuff coming up for uh, for Thanksgiving week here at the parish, too. So Monday evening, November 20th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, it's really a great opportunity where we as a parish come together to give thanks, to appreciate uh, all those individuals who participate in our 52 ministries here at the parish. Uh, just to say, you know, we, we wouldn't be the vibrant parish we are without you. Uh, so it's it's just a great opportunity to come together, have some delicious dessert. We've got a coffee station that that's mm-hmm. gonna, I hear is delicious, fantastic, um, yeah, and it's fun. It's just a fun time to be together. You know, it's it's Monday of Thanksgiving week, so we're still far enough from the Thursday celebrations that mm-hmm. that we're not overwhelmed yet. Um, and Father Davis presents the Spirit of the Parish Awards. It's very some, coveted to some outstanding parishioners. Uh, you know, and everyone has a good time because he doesn't say the name until the end, so he gives a little description, and everyone's trying to figure out, oh, who's he talking about? Who, who's <laughs> going to get this next award? Yeah. Uh, so it's just a lot of fun to to be there. Um, so if you're free, Monday, November 20th, 7.30 p.m., just come on by Comber Hall. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Free, completely it's free, completely open free. to any. You don't have to be part of a ministry to be there. Uh, so come on by and join us. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for being with us. If you like this, please let us know. And uh, we're always open to tips and suggestions. Amen. And we actually won't be back next week. We won't be recording for Thanksgiving week. Uh, But the week after that, uh, very exciting. We've been invited to speak next door at St. Teresa's School. Mm -hmm. Uh, So our fifth and sixth graders are doing an all-day Advent retreat. Uh, So we're going to try to uh, record that entire uh, not speech presentation, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and we're just going to be talking about, you know, how to make prayer uh, a priority in Advent, how to make that part of our everyday journey to Christmas. Uh, so we're going to record that and we hope to to capture it well enough that we can maybe edit out some of it. So so you're not <laughs> all the ums so that we take out too, normally. too long. Uh, but we'll we'll throw that up as the as the next podcast. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thanks, guys. We will talk to you soon. Have a great one, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Buds of Faith. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at podcast at c-o-t-l-f dot org or visit our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram page at c-o-t-l-f. 
This has been a recording of Buds of Faith. Trademark pending. Church of Little Flower in the City Beautiful, Coral Gables, Florida. All rights reserved. God bless you. Yo. <laughs> <laughs>